Roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest podcast on earth. Step right up and experience the magnificence that is the Two Ring Circus Podcast. You'll gasp. <gasps> you'll laugh. <laughs> And you'll be amazed at what comes next. Amazing. Don't worry about the smell. It's just the stars of our show, Tom Italiano. Cheer, eh? And Matt Bradshaw. Yep. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, Matt Bradshaw. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thank you, Dick Van Dyke. Nice to see you here. Nice to see you too, sir. <laughs> Actually, your Cockney accent's far more impressive than his was. Ah, oh, it was terrible, wasn't it? Wasn't it fun? <laughs> what? Wasn't he great? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You mean as an actor? Yeah, well, I don't know much about his personal life, so. Um... Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> beyond that film, was he great all the time? Um. Um. Again. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, did like we, I know, Mary, I know. I like I Mary Poppins, so there, there we go. <laughs> Should we start again? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that's the name of our podcast for the week. What? <laughs> shall we start again? Shall we start again? <laughs> I'm Are my down. cheeks very red? Um, no, no, you don't. I don't have a particularly defined um, picture of you. Um, oh. You look a little bit like um, a non-rubbery Max Headroom. Hey. Yeah, remember Max Headroom? Yeah, yeah. You just you don't. I, I can't see that much definition of your uh, right. features. What was Max Headroom? Um, I, I I don't really understand what that was. No, I mean I understand your question, but I don't. Mm. It was strange. I wonder what it was supposed to represent, or um, I can't remember what he used to talk about. Oh, I've got no idea. No, no. So I don't. I I can't. The and the only reason I actually know who it is at all, what it is, <laughs> and for any viewers and listeners below the age of forty million, um, <laughs> uh, it was a computer-generated head on a screen with kind of surreal computer graphics and stuff going on around him, kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, it was a real jittery way of talking. Like he would say, "Say, say, 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 say." Yeah, yeah. Do things like that. Like, well, uh, yeah, it was um, a bit of a strange spectacle. Was it on MTV? Well, I was going to say the reason, I, the only reason I know what it is, is because they used him in um, an art of noise video called Paranoid. Right. And I'm an art of noise fan. The Art of Noise was Trevor Horn and a bunch of those guys' studio project. Ah, yeah, yeah, it was too, yeah. And You've spoken about this before. The only reason I know about it is because you've spoken about him before. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. to me, yeah. Ah, oh, there you go. I can't think of the girl's name. And I can't think of how to pronounce the other guy's name. JJ, she's something Polish. Jessica. JJ, something Polish. Yeah. yeah, like uh, Dom, uh, Dom, something Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and so Dudley. Oh, there you go. Thanks. Um, uh, it's, it's something that was entertaining when I got to America. Um, each time I landed in America and handed over my passport, like, ah, uh, yeah, Italiano. Cause really? We, yeah, yeah, because that's how they say. Well, you know, particularly if you um, if you hand over your passport um, in New York, you're Italiano. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but they don't call Italians Italians. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Are you Italian? Do yeah. they? Yeah. Are you an Italian rapscallion? They wouldn't I've never say heard, that, would they? I've never heard that, no. I've um, never heard an American say rapscallion. <laughs> um, Let's face it. What, um, what, what's a rapscallion specifically? I mean, I know we use it for a, a bit of a, a, a hoodlum reference. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But, but like a gentle hoodlum. Really? Yeah, rapscallion surely is just uh, like a bit of a, uh, a larrikin. A rapscallion's a larrikin. It's a mischievous person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there you go. I feel like Rapscallion doesn't have any any particularly sort of ill intent to it. Um, well, according to the dictionary definition online, uh, Rapscallion is an old-fashioned word for scamp or scoundrel. There you go. It's most often used in a light-hearted way. Some Rapscallion seems to have replaced the cream in my Oreo with toothpaste. <laughs> then again, Perfect. it's April Fool's. Rapscallions. <laughs> good, good definition. Yeah. Yeah, um, lovely user in a sentence. Thank you, go. miss. Uh, first used in the 1600s was originally rascallion. Uh, a fancier version of rascal. Ah, uh, fancier. Fancier than rascal. Brilliant. Excellent. Oh, right. I should write that down. Fancier than rascal. Yeah, and also Rapscallion. I'll see if I can use the word Rapscallion in my next song. Uh, what's your your next song, which is going to be uh, Cats Are Better Than Dogs? No. Hey, um, maybe. I have to write a song for my niece. Um, oh, are they okay? Oh, sorry, niece. <laughs> yeah, my, all my joints, my old joints. I need to write a song for my joints. Um. No, she. I won't play you the video that I've been sent of her singing this song, but effectively the lyrics are, when you think nanas are dead, they're in the sky for you as clouds. And then um, she would like me to write a song about um, her mum's nanas that died before she was born. It actually sounds like one of your lyrics. <laughs> you, you've got... You've got that. Uh, you've got that take on things. Which, you know, if you think you're about to be leaving, you're already on your way. That sort of thing. <laughs> well, if you ever forget to remember me. Oh, that's such a <laughs> such a great, like simple, whimsical, beautiful encapsulation of that. I love that line. <laughs> that really resonates with people. That line. Yeah, I think that. Um... I'm really surprised with all the um, with the, all the live streaming stuff and doing all the original things. So I'm taking my shoes off. Um, requires me to look at my feet. Taking my shoes off because of uh, my niece. That's my Dom Italiano impression. That's not bad. 
Yeah. It's not um it's not as out of tune, but right. I was gonna say it wasn't notually correct. <laughs> um that is what actually one of the songs where I don't sing a lot of notes. I just it's a lot of air and uh vowel sounds. Um But yes, that song ripples. I had that problem in bed last night. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Sometimes I don't like having a vivid imagination. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Anyway, I'm surprised at how Ripples being such an old song has been one that people who would have never have heard it were it not for me playing it on the live streams have now requested all the time. Um, When you wrote that lyric, if you ever forget to remember me, did you sit back and think to yourself, ah, well, my work here is done? Because <laughs> I would have. Um, no, because I think that was probably one of the first things I wrote. So it was like, fuck, I guess I've got to write a whole song around this. <laughs> oh, true? Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, okay. okay, right. The- I, okay, so I mean, but that's almost, that's just almost the, the, the other side of the same coin. It's like, oh, no, fuck, I've got something here. This is this bit. This line is good enough to to be the 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 bit of sand that's annoying the oyster. Oh well, it grows into a pearl. Um, yeah. So I don't. I do not remember much about that. The actual writing of that song. I bet that um, it's in one of my notebooks. I bet it was a handwritten type. Situation. Yeah. Okay. Um. And the the girl in the first verse is um, one of the girls who um, lived at the end of my street who is actually my dog groomer's sister um, who I did a Deb ball with. Um, and the... Hang, hang on, hang on. Did a Deb ball with? Yeah. As in uh, you, were date, you dated at... No, I didn't. Book. Didn't I didn't date date her. It was I was her Deb partner. Um, yeah, uh, that's yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying to get to. I okay, didn't explain yeah. it well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy <laughs> who is the funniest man they ever saw dance is my uh, friend Tony. Um, who's just this lo- this guy who's just like just incredible dancer. Um, and he could you know he just has this great poise, and then we could just kind of like become rubbery um he did any kind of dance any kind of dancing but he just had this way of just moving and just oh my god it's like it's it's like he's been lit on fire um and animated and yeah that was um that's that guy but the the lovingest one i ever saw bake um well i don't know who that person is no no that's a projection for the future i think that idea Okay. Yeah. Where? Why have you never told this story before? I don't know. Never started randomly talking about whimsical type of lyrics. Okay. <clears throat> I always assumed because I knew that, that the first person and the second person and the fourth person in that song were all figures from your life, the fourth one looming fairly large, I'd have thought, um, I always assumed the third one was your mum. Um, no. Um, you know, like a fa- a fantasy version of your mum, because she's never invented the triple chocolate ripple chocolate Mars bar ch- chocolate 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 cake chocolate. Yeah, 
um i don't think it was i don't think it was about her i mean that song was just um i believe this if my memory serves me correct um <clears throat> so the first song that i wrote i finished writing after liz and i got together um was indifference <laughs> and that's like jesus Christ. that's like because i was working on it right about that time and um and then oh okay so it wasn't about her no 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 uh not <laughs> at all and but what was funny is because of course i was doing lots of gigs at the time lots of original gigs and you know all of her friends and my friends as well were saying i like you know um you know has he written a song about you yet and i was just like well i just it's not something I really at the time so it's not something I <clears throat> really did um I just kind of wrote whatever <laughs> I was 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 coming to mind um, yeah. um flash forward 15 years can't <laughs> fucking stop him um and uh, <laughs> so I kind of had I actually kind of had in mind that you know I've got to write a song for Liz at some point and that's the song that I wrote next um, Ripple, yeah. Which was kind of it. It wasn't it, about her. It was was kind of was for her, but but it was like I, that idea of you know that idea of this is how we are as as people. That the central idea of the chorus, like if you ever forget to remember me, you know we linger on long after we're gone. That idea. Um, that that yeah. makes her almost the definition of muse, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. 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 That's cute. Um, yeah, it is Good cute. Good story. It is cute. And um, I do, it, it is interesting because lots of the songs, like you can't, you know, occasionally I talk about this when I do talk about songwriting with people and um, and it's interesting too because like you might think you're writing a song about, you do think you're writing a song about a specific topic um, or person or experience um, and you have no idea, you actually have no idea of how much, the rest of your life experience is actually gone into shaping this perspective about this thing or this emotion about this thing. Um, if that makes any sense. So uh, if it, I, in the middle of writing songs, I often step, try to step out of what, what is going on right now um, to try to kind of um, look at it from another perspective. Of me, you, yeah, in, yeah. Do you then discover with, within the the um the experience of writing the song how you actually feel about the subject sometimes? Uh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because quite often the I think for for me in that respect is I'm quite often trying to work out um you know what's the what's the the meter and you know the melody and um even things like okay well i'm playing two chords a bar right now so i think the chorus needs to for the first half of the chorus needs to have one chord per bar to break up the harmonic rhythm of it um so sometimes you're very much in that technical um the technical realm of putting a piece of music together and trying to you know, do something slightly different or even question, can I play the same rhythm all the way through this? Can I play the same type of chord changes? Does it work? Is all of the power of the song in the the melody, the vocal mm -hmm. melody? 
or the vocal melodic rhythm, all that kind of stuff. And so it's, I find it is really important to try and step outside of the song and then to have a listen to it from a, um, yeah, from just another angle um, um, for that. I wonder if because you're, you set yourself the task this year of being, you know, prolific for all intents and purposes, where you don't get a chance to um, really work and work and work and work at a song because you've only given yourself a week to do it. And then, like you said on your live stream today, you had a lot of goes at the most recent one you've written. So yeah. you really only had fucking a few hours. Bang, fuck. Okay, so I've finally got something. Here it is. Yeah. You haven't got, you haven't had that process of honing it, I suppose. Yep. Um, um, and so what's the point of that? Um, uh, it almost gets to the, the real kind of nub of what it is before it gets reworked and reworked and reworked. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things about the we'll write a song a week, uh, is that you end up writing uh um the, the nature of doing it means that you don't craft a song um in the same way as you would if you were composing a song and that yes that sounds like could that be the same thing but it means that um you absolutely get the skeleton of what a song's going to be um and you don't flesh it out um, in anywhere the, anywhere the same way as you would if you were doing you know working on it with someone else or um, you were looking to the future of um, I'll be recording this with a band or yeah. or I'll be performing this at a gig. Um, you actually don't you actually write songs completely differently because your vision of how they're going to live in the world beyond your little project. Um, isn't there and so oh, yeah it's a completely well, different frame of reference yeah i get you yeah and so one of the things that um i've been trying to do is is whilst writing a song is is step out so the one that i've been writing for this week is kind of go okay like um this needs this song imagine that this song is going to live in a set list or on a record right so look at the last couple of songs you've written and like now this is the song in the set that's going to be going to kind of wow, okay. be different. Yeah. Um, so it, like it is harmonically different and it's moody um, for the purpose of, can I, can I write something that does that? Because even though I write lots of songs and have many from the past, um, it's still this kind of uh, infinite option scenario of well, what role what role can this song play in some part of my musical world? And mm. so then you go, well, I guess I've got, I've got tons of options here. Um, and then it's just trying to kind of whittle that down to getting it done. <laughs> um, which is why when I played it today, I, was, I, you know, I got off the phone call from you last night and um, I kind of worked on it a bit more. I'm like, ah, it's not there yet. I, you know, I just need to sleep on it. And... I woke up this morning and like, oh, I think I have a much better idea of what it is. And I only changed huh. 
a few things. Um, like for instance, last night, I'll grab my guitar quickly. Um, although the song definitely, the chords just definitely went. They didn't do this. They picked up the guitar this morning and that ended up in the song. Even though in the song, um, the chords definitely went at some point. Um, and then. So I still yeah, did. Right. I had written going to the F. And the last, in the chorus, the last chord progression was. But I hadn't that little riff thing that kind of I play in between the verses didn't happen until this morning, because mm. I because that was the bit where I was just going yeah it's just like there's not enough tension there yet, um, yeah. And of course I know that that's very much like half of the riff of Days of Confused, um, oh jeez, like like I know it is, um, but it's also played in a different way completely and <laughs> has a completely different function, you know. So yeah. Um, I didn't hear that, by the way. Um, yeah, and I think there's an element of, um, yeah, well, if you don't play something the way the other thing is played, um, then it's hard. It's hard to, you know, trigger that in people's mind. Um, but that's. I think you only really get there is if you do that thing that we were saying a couple of minutes ago. Is if you while you're in the middle of it, just take a step out, because then you because that sometimes that's when you identify oh my god that is exactly that chord progression and melody and rhythm all at the same time which makes it i'm just writing my version yeah. of that taylor swift song <clears throat> um which is nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but also um if you're going to do it you should be conscious of it um, not just yeah. kind of arrive at the end of the song and go, I've got this song, and then have everyone around you go, do we, do we tell them that that is, <laughs> is that thing? <laughs> um, um, that must happen. I mean, I, I can't, uh, I can't fathom that um, Ed Sheeran has really deliberately ripped off so many other artists to write his songs. It's got to be subliminal sometimes. Yeah, do you know what I? Th I think so. He's. I wonder if we in the modern music um, world. I think once upon a time that was the job of the producer, and the A and R guy, and whoever else was working in the. Sh I say guy because I think the A and R. That's. I think they were A and R guys. <laughs> um, sure. But um, and the. I also, who by the way, didn't question that. I just thought you were using guy as a. As a plural, as a as a collective noun for people, <laughs> um, I am. I was. I think, um, and the people who worked in the studio too, like the the assistant engineers and things like that. I think that was their job for such a long time was to be so musically aware of, you know, between the group that when, um, bands or artists or songwriters were recording their song that they were that the record company was spending a fortune on back then um that there were people going hey um that's that and i really think that's why so so many um so many things don't sound like something else you yep. know agree um 
and also why i mean i think pop music started being the same chord three chord progressions for 10 years like all that brill sure. building stuff and all the you know the the drifters and the shirelles and all that kind of stuff it was you know the same thing all the time <clears throat> but um i think what's ha what happens now is um that much like how i made the last record and rosie and i made made this record um is that it's just a couple of people and just kind of yeah, heads down making something and the like the collective musical historical knowledge um isn't necessarily in the space while recording but also there isn't anyone necessarily objective in the in the recording process oh, 100 percent. so 100%. there's no one there's no one going um by the way that thing is really similar to this and it happened during the anywhere's record um we have a song that, that when we wrote it um goes like this you know just... which of course is like lots and lots of things right sure. but then damo said hey i think this needs to be more kind of straight up country so now the version of the record goes subtle difference, but I'm st I remember singing it in the studio going, fuck, there's something about this. It's just really bugging me. Right. And I can't remember which person it was, Rosie or Damo. He said, you know, just like John Farnham, I go, that's what, that's it. It's talk of the town. <laughs> it's, that's why it's bothering me because it is. And then we put it on. It's the same key. Like it's, yeah, right. it is exactly the same and it doesn't sound bad, but it was this element of like, we should have picked up on this. Like the reason why I felt like awkward about it in the first place was like something deep in my brain going, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Not only do you, are you playing a super derivative chord progression, but now it is exactly like something else in the back of your mind, but I couldn't pick it. Or so I couldn't articulate why I was feeling awkward about it. <coughs> But then I after think, we um, the, after we spent all that time recording, I was just like, ah, oh, oh, we'll go with it. It sounds good anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think the other thing that certainly happened where you've got, well, uh, actually, it it always happened where you had singers that weren't songwriters. But I think in a world which really I think probably sprang up in the '90s with the R and B, like the American R and B stuff, where <clears throat> it was the same core group, a lot of it, like with the R&B stuff, it was Babyface and his production company and his team of writers and everything. Yeah. Um, oh, the reason this is fresh in my mind is after the after Sunday night's live stream and we all hung out, um, we started listening to music and, you know, what was number one when you were 18 and blah, 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 and playing all these songs. Cool. <clears throat> and um, there's a song by, uh, a, a 90s song called by... Um, think a one hit wonder thing or although if they weren't they're going to chastise me but anyway monica and brandy a song called the boy is mine um and it is absolutely the crux of the j-lo song that came only two or three years later like could have been written by the same person wasn't yeah but it and and wasn't sampled it's right. absolutely a ripoff. That's that's all there is to it. And I jumped online just to see <clears throat> if anything had ever happened with it. There was one reference that I found in a really quick search, and it was one dude saying, "Has anyone ever thought that maybe that J Lo song is uh, has sampled the Monica and Brandy song?" 
And there's only one answer in this forum. And it says, no. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think certainly that even the, the crop of stuff we hear now in pop music is just, it's, it's writers or singers who aren't the writers that just, and also don't know because they either aren't, I don't know, never just by ver- over under whatever criteria they've just never heard the original version of this song <clears throat> that clearly their writing team has either sibling or deliberately ripped off yeah um so <clears throat> um yeah i wondered I, I certainly have wondered that about ed sheeran i years and years ago i recorded an album with a band of mine back in adelaide and um amazing guitarist in the band and I'd written this song and then kind of brought it to the rest of the musos to, to flesh out kind of thing as much as anything I ever write anyone else is allowed to have a hand in. And he said, what if we put this guitar break going into the chorus? Played it to me like this ridiculous. Amazing. That sounds great. And, oh, we recorded it and we put the CD out and I reckon within about six months, I happened to be listening to a Joe Satriani album. It's like, oh, you motherfucker. Oh, that's, wow. That's where you got that from. Right. Uh, so there's this bit in my song, <laughs> you know, this that is just a chunk completely taken out of someone else. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, wild. And yeah. I don't know if, of course he knew he did it. I mean, I, just, like, I, mean, I was going to say, I don't know if he knew he did it. Of course he did. Like you don't get to be a guitarist that plays a bit like that. Like clearly, at some point in his, he's learnt yeah. that bit of that, learnt that song. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> um, just uh, just on what you're saying there, um, I always find it. I I've always found it quite stunning um, that I have played gigs with people who sing and only sing, um, who don't have well that's not to say don't have an interest but if they have an interest in um having an understanding of what is behind what they're singing is if they have an interest they don't pursue pursue that interest to to find out Mm. um and of course that's a very diplomatic way of of me to say like singers are singers and they're not musicians. <laughs> like, you know, they're different. You know what I mean? It's not to say they don't have a great command of this as an instrument, but they, um, there are just so many singers who don't understand what's happening. And there are tons of singers who have a remarkable harmonic knowledge and understand. So that's not saying all. I'm just saying the ones that don't, That's I've always found that really, really interesting. And... um. And I mean interesting. I don't mean like I'm just critical of it. I like it's like I like to try to get into the head of that disconnection. Um, so, um, in case there are any anyone's th- thinking I'm talking about them, I, I'm interested. I'm not. Um, <clears throat> but like, in case anyone thinks I'm talking about them, I am. Um, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not. A, it's, it's not an automatic criticism. It's. It's a. No, I know. It's a gen. A, because I'm not like that, um, and there are plenty of people who I love and respect 
who can do things with their voice that I would never be able to do. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. So, but to say that, um, last week, uh, Rosie was over and we were working on this new song. that's going to replace the song on, on the anywhere's record. And, um, I kind of, I kind of tapped out at about six o'clock ish, like to, to have dinner and to you know have a chat with Kat and, and whatnot. And for the whole time that I was in the house, like Rosie sat here and with the guitar and learned how to play the new song. Like it was like, it was kind wow. of like being in a house with myself as a teenager, which was like, oh, no, I don't need to come out. I'm working on my thing. Like it was, it was awesome. And she was just, you know, by the end of it, she could play the new song. Um, and That's great because I, I watched her um, put up a video a week, two weeks ago of her playing and singing Hallelujah. Yeah. This yeah, a girl who's never played guitar before. Yep, yeah, she's a couple. She's maybe six months in uh, owning a guitar, and um, as she said, she goes, "No, my like, like now that I'm writing songs with you, like I want to be able to play the songs we write together." Um, and it's 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 that gap. I guess I'm trying to say that for someone who before is just a stunning singer, um, but you know, would say something like. Uh, capo five, um, to, to describe what what key something would be in, um, but because now she's be she's in a creative space with someone who, I guess you know I'm 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 fostering that as well and saying yeah here's the chord chart, here's the way that goes like I guess all right I'll now now you know I'd go for it, um, and certainly, um. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting how the the catalyst for her to pick up an instrument to start really inquiring into that side of being a musician has been that she's in a um yeah, a creative uh I don't know, a creative space, creative partnership yeah. with someone. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really cool. And then uh, like I'm there, I'm there with like, you know, writing out scales and like we're writing out chords and then uh, what notes are in this chord, and this is why this chord is that, or like all of that stuff. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> so soon Rosie's going to know more about it than I do. In fact, <laughs> possibly already does. <clears throat> well, we went through chord extensions last week about, you know, why something's called add nine or add nine sharp 11. And uh, she's like, oh, that's that's maths. I'm like. Yeah, it's, math. <laughs> it's maths and the alphabet all together. Yeah. It's, it's um, the thing is, it's not it's not confusing um, if you can get past the point where you tell yourself it's com- confusing. Um, hmm. yeah. Speaking of maths, um, yeah. I just found out that uh, someone I know is going to be on the next season of it. I, I was going to say, are you there right now? <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Oh my god. Um, I was at this party on Saturday night and the girl's mum was there. And she said, oh, yeah, blah, blah, it's going to be on the next season. She's fucking what? Yeah, I know. I said the same thing. And then someone else in the conversation said, oh, my God, she's going to ruin her life. <laughs> it's like, well, no, that's probably probably yeah. not quite true. But uh, yeah, it, wow. it depends. Depends if. Oh, hang on. That's not The Bachelor. That's the married one, the married at first sight. Uh-huh. That's what maths is. So that's like yeah. meeting someone and saying you're going to get married. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Yeah. I know. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable, really. Unreal. Anyway, then I FaceTimed her and said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, do they get paid? I didn't ask her that. I mean, sh- surely, surely they must. Uh, um, they something, something. Yeah, right. But I don't know what the I don't know how the recording works, so it would be based on that. You know, if I don't know, are, are they in lock lockdown? Are they in lockdown to do those things? I don't know if they film them in a six week period and they're all in a house together. I know it's not Big Brother, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess is you know, it's it's not a huge leap. <laughs> well, it's a huge. It is usually, but what getting married? <laughs> no, well, apparently it's not the. Um, I mean, what you and I do right now, which is filming, a, uh, filming a real life conversation. Um, I, I mean, it's it's the same uh, line, you know, of like here we are. It's kind of reality TV. It's two people having a conversation, right? But on the other end of this line, it's like um, filming and editing a relationship, a romantic relationship that will become a marriage, which, you know, which some people still think that marriage is like important (laughs) Um, and not something that perhaps you would um, cultivate and manipulate how you show it to the world in an editing room. Um, it's so just so well, I think, hard, I mean, in, in that same vein, I, I think if we were to go back and watch the first season of Big Brother in Australia, I think, I mean, I only, uh, it was, I don't even know when it, when it started, but. Were we living together? It's, were we, was it back 2002 well, or three know. or something like that? I certainly know that that for whatever reason, I don't know whoever I was dating at the time or whatever, or, or the fact that free to wear TV was what it was in the world. Um, I at least had some sort of knowledge of what Big Brother looked like when it first started, and I think it, although it was still even then not my not my cup of tea, um, I think it was a really genuinely interesting social experiment because it was really organic and and although it was based on an overseas format it was still brand new tv for an australian team and i think everyone was feeling their way and there were regardless of whether or not you would value the conversations it was real conversations that were happening between just ordinary people and they were filmed and the and the situations were played out and that um i think even without being voyeuristic i think that um was interesting and and uh, on some level had value um and then everything as it goes along just kind of gets distilled down distilled down distilled down and then you know they they audition for casts of characters for those shows and it all just becomes yeah yeah well it's almost like that's what that's what podcasts have become become really isn't it in that sense of um you get two you know two three four five people um have uh, and unscripted by the most part. Um, no, well, there's clearly lots of scripted and really pro- super produced and researched podcasts, but lots of hmm. podcasts are having a, an unscripted conversation about um, 
a perplexing subject matter or to or tell, telling a story. <clears throat> um, so and what's interesting about that is that there are plenty of podcasts that have far more public interest across the globe than any of these television shows are getting viewers. Um, and it goes to show that there is a voracious appetite for uh, genuine engaged content like that. But um, the type of eyeballs that watch these maths type of shows don't engage with this other other type of content. No. Because they're not. I think that's, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, and it's interesting because very, you know, commercial television um, is set up for those eyeballs. Yeah. And, and advertising yeah. is set up for those, for those eyeballs because the, the people that watch, you know, the Eric Weinstein podcast, as I, I have been, um, I mean, that guy's not a movie star looking guy. You don't want to see him showering. Like, <laughs> um, but fuck, you want to listen to the guy has to say about the world. Um, Cause this is a fascinating human being. Um, I'll pop so, a link up to that in the, in the show notes when I do them. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I just find that I, I've, um, I know I say that phrase <laughs> like, Oh, what's interesting about it? Or I find it interesting is because it is such a, um, it's such a, a moving, uh, you know, thing, isn't it? It's like, it's always evolving. And so, um, I find it, I've, you know, from week to week, how reality TV changes. I mean, cause you've got reality TV, which is things like, um, um, you know, those grand designs type shows, it's a reality TV show. Um, yeah. but it's not done in the same way, but also it doesn't appeal to the same market. I mean, yeah. So <coughs> stuff. And things. Yes. Yes. What was that? Stuff and things. Stuff and things are oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're working with Rosie today. Uh, yes, yeah, we. So, I, as I was saying earlier, so we've got a song that um, we are going to replace on the record, and so we couldn't get in with Damo until mid July. Um, fucking, who knows if we can actually go there now um, with uh, re restrictions. Um, so. Uh, she's coming here. We're going to try and do most of it here, at least. I've done the drum bed. Um, I'll get the acoustic guitar done, which is what this microphone here is set up for. Um, oh, and the, these stereo mics are for too, if you can see them. Um, and hopefully I'll get that at least done before she gets here, and then we'll do ah. the, vocal, the vocals together. Nice. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I'll get yeah. out of your hair so you can do it. I might try and write a song today for tonight's gig. Oh, what time? Oh, I don't know. What time are you going on? Well, oh, we... I might just go back to bed. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> We're going to work around uh, you. Are you going to go on at oh. eight or you go on at nine? What's your preference? Yeah, right. I'll go on at eight. It gives me an extra hour to potentially write something. Okay, cool. We'll go on at nine. Or I might, you know. 
Uh, speaking of, um, I, I won't play the song that my buddy ripped off the Joe Satriani bit for, but um, <laughs> I might play something off that album, which means I have to chart it. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It takes so long to do those kind of things, like chart something and type up the lyrics and stuff. People just, the well, amount of times you get a suggestion to go, hey, you should play one of someone else's songs. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I could, or I could just write one of my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes a long time to chart a song that I wrote 20 years ago. Could you, because, and it would, the same as it would you, because there's a lot more stuff going on in songs that I wrote that long ago. There was yeah. riffs. There's um, fucking riffs, dude. I know. I won't be playing those. <laughs> um, I would like to, uh, I, I would really like to, um, as this year goes by with these songs that I'm, I'm writing, really kind of get to the point where I go, okay, well, this is this song or this set of songs is going to be to play with a band. And so, you know, it's like there are going to be riffs and there will be things. Um, I've dabbled with it a little bit um, in this project so far, but it's really hard to get out of the fact that, you know, oh, yeah, for three months I've been in this room writing songs. Um, like the first two months was like, okay, I'm in this room writing songs, but for three months it's like, no. This is the only place I can write songs right now. <laughs> so um, it is getting to that point where I'll start going, huh. I think today good. I'm going to delve into the song ideas folder, which is the um, just all the endless voice memos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of songs beginning with A minor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have got. Um, if I look, I've got a couple of different mem voice memo apps and um, a couple of different ones. Why would you do that to yourself? Oh, because about a year ago, I got a, I got a, a new one because voice memo app on iPhone. Hmm. Um, when you when I go into my car, I cross Bluetooth, it doesn't work properly. Like so it'll play, but it sounds like it sounds like it's a mic'd up version of what's recorded so it's terrible right. audio quality so i downloaded this other one um which streams perfectly it sounds great there are 324 voice memos so that's oh. from the last year god damn um, and um voice memos oh there's got to be 600 here like it's you know it's just are they backed up yeah okay yeah there's got to be and these ones go all the way back to 2013 on this phone so hang on, what's this one at, at a? I'm just I'm well aware of mine because uh, not of what they contain, but I'm well aware of their existence because I've just had to set up this new computer. So, uh, and I had, and none of them named. They're just yeah. voice memo, blah blah blah. Um. So I had lots and lots of copies of stuff as well from other backups, and they're all named the same thing with maybe a one at the end of the file name. <laughs> yeah wow hey um do you speaking of that kind of vibe um do you remember what date we were in um hmm. berlin i can tell you <laughs> yeah i can tell you right now go for it do you reckon you've got something i've got something um was it may hmm. or june uh I can't remember. <laughs> oh, turns out maybe I can't either. I oh, thought it was right. going to be easy. 
I'm pretty sure I've got like a two minute recording of when we were at the Holocaust Museum. Oh yeah! Wow! Yes, and it's you'll know what that is. Like you would know what that was by listening to it, surely. Yeah, and it's like basically just creaking doors and like banging and like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I know that sound. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, wow. I know. I know it's in there somewhere. I'll, I'll try and find it and send it to you. Yeah. I'll I'll look up what the date was. I thought it was going to be easier than that. <laughs> the moment we stop recording, I'll type in the one word that I need. I thought if I just typed in Europe, that would do, and it would just pull up the holiday, and then I'd be able to see when I arrived and when you arrived. Uh, I don't know if um, my calendar goes back that far. <laughs> oh, mine definitely does. Um, yeah, because we were together in London and then in Berlin within two days of that. Yeah, and it was round about this time because we were getting uh, Facebook seven-year reminders uh, last week. Oh, I got one today. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got what you're right. I got one last week because it was um, it was the, um, Becky and Sam and Sarah and I at uh, Milan Rouge. Oh, okay, yeah. So I fell it asleep. Was, it would have been before that. So early June must have been early June. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Crazy. Time. All right, fella. Hey, listen. Right, you have a good day. You too, buddy. I look forward to uh, seeing you tonight. What time you're going on at? Eight. You're going on at eight. Great. Okay. If you're happy to go on at nine, otherwise I'll go on at seven. I know. Um, sounds good to me. Um, I'll just double double check with Rosie, but um, that should be fine. Great. Easy peasy. All right, mate. Cool. See ya. Give my love to Rosie. Don't cuddle her. No. Wave to her from a meter and a half away and tell her (laughs) I love her. Luckily, there's enough room in here to um, um, socially distance. Swing a Rosie. Although you know we'll still be breathing the same air. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's how the world works. All right. I'll get a mask. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. See you, They're free at the Apple store. All right. See you, mate. <laughs> I had to drive a long way to go get one from the Apple store. Hey, Salada Biscuits. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Eh. Oh, no, not end. Stop. Did that stop? Mm. Oh.